Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Good morning. Open your Bibles to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, Hebrews 4. And um, uh, at the beginning of, of, um, of the year, uh, the Lord was just ministering to me on what I should share on. It was before that. But um, what the word of the Lord that God would have for us today. And I don't know if other preachers are preaching it. I know that um, when I was, not that I need a confirmation, though how many, how many agree that confirmations are kind of nice once in a while? Uh, he really spoke to my heart regarding Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse one, which we're going to get into in a moment, about entering into God's rest. And that of all the turmoil that's going on in our nation, especially politically, he really spoke to my heart on November, whatever, fourth, fifth, whatever. What date did we vote? Was it the third, fourth, second? What was it? <clears throat> the third, the next morning, uh, uh, he really ministered to my heart that I needed to stop listening to all the rhetoric that's going on regarding the a political realm, because if I keep listening to that, I'll be completely confused, frustrated, angry, and without hope. Amen. And that's exactly what happens when you listen to that stuff. We are the body of Christ. We are of the kingdom of light, uh, living in around the kingdom of darkness. And you just need to understand that what you listen to is going to affect you. Amen. You can listen to things that'll bring such fear and such unrest and turmoil within or you can listen to the Word of God, what the Spirit of God wants, hallelujah, and let His rest come into your life. So no matter what, you're at peace with God. Can I have an amen? amen. And you know and are confident that God's going to take care of us no matter what. If you shout amen, say amen. amen. Anyway, I said this in the first service, and I'll just reiterate it. Uh, don't be applauding, because I know there's some people that don't like our president, and so they actually applauded uh, or thought it's exciting that uh, that he got silenced on Facebook or, uh, or on the other um, Twitter and stuff. Uh, but listen to me, this is not funny. If you think for a moment that if they can shut down and silence the voice of the most powerful position in America, don't think it'll take nothing to silence you. So I wouldn't rejoice over it. But pray for the president. In the next few days, you know, whatever takes place, I'm not going to carry it, but you pray for him for God's guidance in his life. Can I have an amen? amen. Never have we lived in a time in America, uh, I mean, for a long time, into which things are really being shaken, but that's, that's, that's okay. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to keep my hope in God, and you need to keep your hope in God as well. Amen? amen. Why don't you give God praise that he's still on the throne? Hallelujah. Still on the throne. Still on the throne. Hallelujah. Amen. So last, um, uh, last Sunday, uh, the Lord really, um, we shared on God's rest, that there's a rest or there's a calmness, there's a quietness that you, have, that you need to allow to come into your spirit regarding everything that's going on in life, whether it's political, whether it's economically, whether it's socially, whether it's mar mar marital-wise, whatever's going on in your life, you need to allow the peace of God or the rest of God to enter. And, um, and we found out last week that God has always had a rest for his people, always, from the very beginning of time. We'll just go through a few things and, and share, you, uh, share uh, with you that truth that God has always had a rest. Every generation, God has had a rest for his people if they would simply trust in him. The thing that frustrated him the most, uh, he, now remember, he used it. 
we got this idea from God that he used the children of Israel not to mock them or put them down or to knock them down, but he used the children of Israel in the Old Testament as a, as a reflection, uh, uh, a parallel that we, the New Testament church, should look at and follow. And remember in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, he says, um, these things happened uh, as an example for us to avoid so that we wouldn't, we wouldn't, get in the, we wouldn't live our lives murmuring, complaining uh, how bad life is. And I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm grateful that we don't live in, a, in, in the Middle East where, um, uh, where you are literally beheaded for leaving Islam to follow Christ. I mean, you, give your, you literally give your life. I'm grateful that we live in America, praise God, that we can, we can preach Christ. But listen, if you don't preach Christ when things are at peace, you'll never pre- preach Christ when things are, are, are tough. So that, that's, I mean, that's why I believe God is awakening the church, and that was the thing he told me to, to pray, that God would awaken the church. Because if he awakens the church, if he awakens the church in America, America will be saved. Um, Reinhard Bonnke, he, went to, he, he spent most of his life in, in South Africa preaching the gospel of Christ, led millions of people to the Lord. And in that, during that, and I didn't know that at the end of his life that he would spend some time in America. He moved to America and lived here not very long. But he said this when he came. He says, uh, the church needs to prophesy or to speak out, America shall be saved. Everybody say it out loud. Say it again. Now say it like you mean it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I'm believing for. America shall be saved. That our forefathers, the blood that they shed and the, and the, and the sacrifices they made uh, won't be in vain. That all America, because the church has awakened, America would be saved. Amen. I said amen. So anyway, God's divine rest has always been there for his people. I mean, at the very beginning of time, God wanted Adam to rest in him. Just to, just to rest in him, trust in God, walk with God, love God, serve God. That was his mission. That is your mission in life. If you people are always going, what is God's will for my life? Your, his will for your life is to love him, have faith in him, and be faithful to him. That is will for your life. That's very simple. Love God, have faith in God, and be faithful to God. Pretty easy. Can I have an amen? Even us Norwegians can capture that. Hallelujah. And so that's what God has. So anyway, at the very beginning of time, God had a rest for Adam. As he walked in the fullness of God's presence, the fullness of God's provision, the fullness of God's protection, amen, he, he could rest in God knowing God was going to take, every, take care of him in all areas. Number two, then, then this promise of rest was handed down to Noah. We know that if you read the scripture, this is why I want to encourage you. If you read Genesis 6, 5, and some of the translations are absolutely powerful. It says that the whole entire earth was filled with darkness, wickedness. The Bible says that every imagination of everyone's mind was corrupt. But Noah, but Noah walked with God. Amen. And was in right standing with God. And because of that, God was able to take one man, hallelujah, who entered into the rest of God. Now listen to this. Think about this. He spent 120 years building an ark for the saving of his household. Why 120? Because that's the lifespan of man. So God knew, you know, God knew this, this upright man would follow him and obey him, and he did. He, he walked a life of faith and resting in God, assured that he, number one, had heard from God, and number two, that he was going to receive or reap the rewards of his obedience, which he did, that his whole family was saved from the flood. Next, God's rest was handed down to Abraham. 
Again, another man of righteousness, a man that walked with God, a man that heard the voice of God and obeyed God, hallelujah. And um, uh, to the point that, um, uh, that out of Abraham, he's called the father of our faith, he trusted God for the impossible, and the impossible came to pass in his life. He entered into rest and trusted God for the impossible, and that's what God wants out of your life. From Abraham went down to the children of Israel. We know the children of Israel in Hebrews 3. You can read it, Hebrews 3. We're going to be in Hebrews 4. I don't have time to read chapter 3, but you can read it for yourself. That he was so frustrated with the children of Israel because one translation says they stealed, S-T-E-E-L-E-D. They stealed, they hardened themselves against his will. They just would not obey him. Even though he had displayed his glory there in the wilderness for 40 years, they never got out of murmuring and complaining. I don't know about you, but I tell you, if you listen to the news today, you will murmur and complain. So don't listen to it. Listen to the Spirit of God and you'll have rest and peace for your soul. Can I have an amen? Amen. It's really true. So from from the children of Israel, they forfeited, of course, God's rest. Then that divine rest came down to uh, the body of Christ, the church of the living God. It's very interesting in the time of the disciples. You gotta remember this. Uh, it was never, I, I just, I've said it before, but uh, when the disciples preached the gospel, they never, just like we, when we came here, interest rates were at 18%. Actually, they were at 20% uh, at one point, 18%. And um, uh, uh, everything was out of whack uh, in the nation. Farmers were losing their land by the thousands upon thousands of acres. And, and so we were so wrapped up in building a church that none of that distracted us from God's will. None of it did. I said none of it did. Amen. Amen. And today, none of it should be distracting uh, from what you are called to do as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, while the world is losing their hope, Praise God, you have hope for the world. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Can I have an amen? And there's never been a time in the history, uh, in our time, there's never been a, perfect, a more perfect time than right now to let people know that God is a good God and that he loves them and wants to deliver them from whatever is going on in America. If you agree, say amen. So God, God's provision of his rest was promised to everyone who was faithful and faith-filled, everyone, all through the scriptures, which we'll see this morning. Um, in every generation, I mean since Adam, listen to this, God rest, God's rest has prevailed over every kind of demonic power, over every kind of crisis and chaos, over every kind of giant and germ, <laughs> and over every kind of storm that has um, hit mankind in America. I mean, he, God is all over, including today. Look at Hebrews 4, verse 1. For as long then as the promise of resting in him pulls us on to God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. Amen. What is God's goal? God's goal is that we run our spiritual race and that we finish it together. Amen. uh, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete? I mean, today, everybody's obsessed, of course, with the external. Everybody's obsessed with, you know, and of course, I want also to be as best shape I can for my age. And uh, so I do some exercise. But everybody is so obsessed with the external, and they completely avoid the internal. But the internal is what will strengthen you to conquer the external. Can I have an amen? It really is true. And he says, so we're in a race, a spiritual race. He goes on, but only one receives the prize. So why run? I mean, if only one receives the prize, then why run? Well, again, you got to understand how many believe that we are the body of Christ. 
How many believe that we're one body? One body. Say one body. One body. Amen. So we're one body. Some of you, so, you know, some of you are hands, some of you are feet, some of you are fingers, some of you are toes, some of you are organs. Um, we're all part of the body of Christ. So we run corporately, hallelujah, and, and it's a race called the relay race. We run around the track and we hand the baton to it's one at one, and, we're, and we just keep running until the race is won. Hallelujah. So we need to run. I said, we need to run. And that's run with God, praise God, and run together, run in unity. The reason Satan, he's always attacked the church. I always remember, he's always attacked the church. But when the church is unified, I'm telling you, he cannot get in there. When the church is unified and in harmony, the, the, the healing power of God is there. Hallelujah. That's why every time you come to church, you need to judge your heart. Every time you come to church, you need to spend a few moments just repenting and examining your own heart, your own attitude, praise God, so that when church starts, uh, you are prepared. Remember John Baptist? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. You're prepared to receive from God. Amen. It's very important that we be people that judge ourselves and not be so busy judging everybody else. And that went over good. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. Now, they, the world, they do it to win a wreath that will soon wither. But we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. I know it's the playoffs right now, and everybody's excited about the playoffs. Maybe your team's in the playoffs. I don't know. But it's amazing how, how through, through the, even through since, uh, you know, well, competition has been going on for a long time. But it's amazing, isn't it, how we read stories of guys who have two, three Super Bowl rings, and you'll find them strung out on meth or in, in the gutter somewhere. Uh, why? Because they thought once they achieved that plateau of success, they'd be happy. The only way we find true satisfaction is in our walk with God. We're going to have Mr. Strawberry coming and his wife for a marriage conference. I hope he gets signed up for it. And, uh, but he knows. He lost everything, but was one of the greatest uh, baseball players ever, ever in the history of, uh, of baseball. And so uh, he understands that, and he loves the Lord, and I can't wait for them to come, praise God. So we're going to have a good time. I hope he gets signed up for that. All right, let's go on. So, therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking with an adversary, without an adversary. Say this out loud. I have an adversary. It's the devil. Amen. But like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships. Think about that. I know in my own personal life. I always draw closer to God when things are hard. Amen. Yeah. I always draw closer to God when things are hard. And the day that I accepted Jesus Christ in my life, things have been hard. Why? Because the enemy is after your life. Amen. But through hardship, you can either get bitter or you can get better. You can get bitter or you can get broken. It's up to you. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like being holy, you know, a good horse. We, we raised some quarter horses back in the 90s. And uh, uh, her and I, she was raised on horses. I was raised on Harleys. My dad always said, you don't have to feed Harleys in the winter. <laughs> and that was so. But we had quarter horses. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you can have a beautiful horse, but if it's not broken, it doesn't do you any good. And so it is with us. We can, you know, we can have all the talent, you know, and all the 
you know, ability to do things, but if we're not broken before God, then we'll just, we're going to become very self, self um, very independent apart from God. I want to be, I want to live my life wholly dependent on God. How about you? Wholly dependent on God. Hallelujah. So, uh, so I, I uh, discipline it by hardships and subdue it for fear that proclaim to others the gospel and things pertaining to it. I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. And I, I mean, you have that in life. You, you see believers who, who end up stumbling and, and they've moved completely away from God in their lives. And, you're, and it's just, it breaks my heart. And I'm not critical towards them. The enemy's out there to destroy anybody that carries the image of Christ. And so, but I'm saying it's real. Can I have an amen? Maybe you know somebody who was on fire at one time for God, but now then they're not even serving God anymore. Well, don't judge them. Pray for them, and God will get their attention. If you agree, say amen. But it's true. We don't want to be saying something, and then we get disqualified uh, as, as a counterfeit uh, because we're compromising our walk with God. Hebrews 4, verse 2. This is the message translation. Now, we received the same promises as those people in the wilderness, but the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. But if we believe, though, we'll experience that state of resting. Now, again, not to, not to repeat everything, but again, remember, from Egypt, divine and supernatural deliverance out of Egypt, supernatural deliverance from Pharaoh, type of Satan, amen, through Moses, the type of Christ, they had an 11-day journey to the promised land. Even got to the edge of the promised land. Even sent messengers or leaders into the land of Canaan. They came back and gave the report that it was exactly what God said it was. But they didn't make it. Because they magnified the giants above God. And see, that's what we're today. I mean, there are giants in this land. There are political giants that want to destroy America. And, but you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Can I have an amen? I mean that. But the giants are there. The giants are there. I'm not denying that. We've got people in America that want America to go from uh, uh, a republic. They want to destroy the Constitution. And, and they, want to, uh, they, they don't want to destroy an America that... Uh, that was found. I mean, every nation in the world has wanted to come to this nation. Isn't that amazing? This, there must be a reason. Because our forefathers wanted to worship God and be people that respect life. See, you can't murder 61 million babies through abortion and accept to have a accept to have sensitivity of heart or value for a person. You, de you become so desensitized that it, that it doesn't even bother you to see somebody shot on the street. It's just insanity, lawlessness like we've never seen before, lawlessness. If there's ever a time the church should walk in the law of God or in the word of God, it's today. Can I have an amen? Somebody has to recognize the difference between law and lawlessness, between those who obey God and walk with God uh, compared to those that don't. Can I have an amen? amen? But we're living in these kinds of days. So the Bible says... Now, if we believe, though, we'll experience that state of resting. But not if we don't have faith. Somewhere, now well, this is important. Somewhere, he says, God said, this is Genesis 2, God rested the seventh day, listen to this, having completed his work. So we found out last week. When God sat down and rested, everything that you would have ever have need of was met at that very moment. 
that, I mean, I mean, before Adam took his first breath, God had prepared the entire earth for him. He did. And that was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the master of the whole earth or the manager of the whole earth. But he had to be first put to the test to see if he would manage a garden. See, if you don't manage the inward garden of your own life, God will never be able to use you to help manage someone else's garden. I don't know. I think maybe my preaching is better than your response, but I mean, it just, <laughs> that's true though. It's true. Everything, there's a spiritual, you know, the spiritual significance. That's what we have to see in the word of God, what God is really saying. Now, but in another text, he says, they, that's referring to the first generation of Israelites who came out of Egypt. They never, they never They'll never be able to sit down and rest. So this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Amen. He's just simply saying, today is provision for your life. Say today. today. Now, you may be gone. You may be gone. I had an aunt one time. Uh, I mean, I had an aunt. And she was uh, my, my mother's sister. And she, uh, she was a, um, what, do you, um, what do you call people that cook big bunches of food? She was um, caterer. Boy, I'm so grateful for these wonderful people. All right, who wants to come up here and take over? And and they catered her and her and my first cousin, her and her son. They catered and uh, busy all the time, busy seven days a week. And she she was not feeling well and went into um, uh, the hospital. Uh, and uh, I believe she was only there like a day. And, um, and they were planning how to get, she was planning all the stuff she had to get done, all the things they had to do. She died that afternoon. So all of that, all of that meant nothing. All of that meant nothing because she was going to be gone. Amen. So you might as well rest in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Not worry about tomorrow. Because right. God's given you faith for today. Amen. He just wanted you to know that he rested on that day because he already knew everything Everything, everything about your life, God will provide. Everything. Amen. And he's done that. He's done that with Vicky and I. And when her, again, you know, when I met Vicki, uh, she was a, uh, she had three jobs. And uh, uh, working. She had, she, she um, provided for herself. She's uh, independent at the age of about 16, 14, you got your first job. Right? Isn't that right? Maybe it's younger than that. Yeah, younger than that. She worked. I mean, she, you know, family didn't have the money to provide for her, so she went on her own and did it, and then she met me, and it was downhill ever since. No, anyway. <laughs> and she met me, and uh, through, through her con- spiritual convictions, I accepted Christ in my heart, and uh, so we, we've been working together for uh, 50 years, working together. You know, they say if you can wallpaper, wallpaper together, your marriage will make it. Now, some of you don't even know what wallpaper is, but in, the, but in the 70s and 80s, wallpaper was huge. We wallpapered everything, including the dog. I mean, we just wallpapered everything. And today, now, now today it's starting to come back in, but I'm not going to wallpaper. But, but we've worked together for 50 years. Uh, my point is, we've been laboring together all these years to build the kingdom of God. Amen. First, we, we uh, did our best to build it in our children. And, and, of course, building in our grandchildren. And then building it in the church here at Faith Family. So that's why the warfare always intensifies in your life 
when you've decided you want to build and advance the kingdom of God. But get used to it, praise God. But God will grace you with whatever he's called you to do, if you agree, say amen to that. So he said about the Israelites, they'll never experience that rest. Why? Because they just simply wouldn't trust God. They, just, they wouldn't just cast the care of life into their hands, knowing that he told them, I have a land of promise. I'm getting you there. Stick with me. Same with us today. We don't know what the future is at all regarding all that's outside these doors. But we know our future. Hallelujah. And that is the king is coming. I said the king is coming. And we are living in the last days. Not that we have to be afraid or go hide in a cave or uh, gather Campbell's soup. But what we do is we know and be sensitive to the fact that we have a commission. And that commission is to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. If you agree, say amen. Verse 6, so this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Those earlier ones never did get to the place of rest. Why? Because it was no longer available? No, he says why. But because they were disobedient. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today. Just as he did in David's, day, in David's psalm, which is Psalms 95. Centuries later than the original invitation, which is what? Today, please listen, don't turn a deaf ear. And I said this in the earlier service, Deaf does, deafness doesn't necessarily mean that you, have, that you have bad external hearing, okay? What it actually means is this, you've allowed the noise of, of all the worldly crowd, you've allowed that noise to deafen out what God wants to say to you. That's why you can't, that's why I haven't, I mean, I mean, I mean everything's going on to all the, there's prophets, there's all sorts of prophecies all up and down, up and down. Gee, I've never had so many highs and lows since I've been on drugs. No, that's why, that's why you have to stop listening. You have to stop listening and just trust God. I'm serious about this because it, whatever, if you want this answer and it comes, well, glory be to God, hallelujah, you got it out of arrest. But if it goes the other way, glory to God, you'll stay in the rest of God. Can I have an amen? You won't have to be stressed out or be afraid. Verse 6 out of the Amplified, we're going to wind this down. It says, seeing then that the promise remains over from past times for some to enter that rest, and that those who formerly were given the good news about it and the opportunity failed to appropriate it and did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he sets a definite day, and this is the Amplified, a new today, and gives another opportunity of securing that rest, saying through David after so long a time in the world's Words already quoted today, if you would hear his voice, and when you hear it, do not harden your hearts. Now, listen to this. We always talk about this is a tough time in history. Listen, what, what would the church be like? What, would the, what kind of congregation would we have this morning if uh, this past week we had four of our members beheaded because of our spiritual convictions? You'd be crying, the end is coming! But it wasn't. But all, these, all these, these, these awesome men and women of God who literally gave their lives, who laid down their lives to proclaim and protect what has changed you and I. It was good news. Say good news. It was good news. Amen. 
and they were beheaded for simply telling people that Jesus Christ is Savior of the world. Amen. Now today, if you got on the news media and they asked you about your convictions and you simply said, well, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, there's no other Savior, no other Redeemer, no other Lord, no other God. You would be harassed and persecuted for your unbalanced, unsafe faith. Wouldn't you? You'd be an extremist. You'd be, in fact, dangerous. You can see why the enemy wants to silence the church. Because guess what? Jesus is the only way. Amen. He is the only way. And, and we don't say that arrogantly, but we do say it truthfully. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Let's go on here. We'll close. So this mention of arrest was not a reference to their entering into Canaan. For if Joshua, remember Joshua, he's the one that brought in the second generation. He actually brought them into the land of Canaan. Those that uh, the, from 20 years old and under who lived in the wilderness now were 40 years old old and younger, and they were heading for the promised land through the leadership of Joshua, and he succeeded, okay? For if Joshua had given them rest, he, that's God, would not speak afterward about another day. So then they're still waiting a full and complete Sabbath rest. I love that. Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. How many true people of God we got in here this morning? Amen. So there, so God wants you to enter into rest. I mean, he really does. He wants you to Enter into rest. He doesn't want you to be stressed about anything that's going on. He wants you to rest. Say this out loud. I will, I will to, rest to rest in God. In God. Amen. Let's finish this. And then he says this. Um, uh, for he who has once entered God's rest also has seized from the, I love this, amplified, the weariness and pain of human labors, just as God rested from those labors, peculiarly his own. So let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. So there's a rest for the people of God, but you have to choose whether you want to walk in it or not. Amen. Now, I've heard this quote. In fact, it drives me nuts when I hear it. And the quote is, God is in control. He's not. He's not. Now listen, though. But he is in control of those who are willing to let him be in control. But he's not in control of all the chaos that's going on. No, no, no. I said, no, no, no. He's not. But amen. How many here want God to control every aspect of your life? Because see, with every, every piece of real estate of your life that he has, the more liberty you experience. No, no, not out here, but in here. Hebrews 1, 3, it says, when he had offered, when he by, by, by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down, just like the heavenly father. Jesus sat down at the right hand of God of the divine majesty on high. Why did he sit down? Because he was satisfied that everything that you would ever have need of in your life would be taken care of. Can you lift your hands and give him praise for that right now? Thank you, God. I want you to all stand. We're going to pray together today. So, the rest of God is found in four places. Number one, in, uh, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Number two, listen, the indwelling of God's word. Number three, the indwelling of the presence of his love and the presence of his faith. That's where you're going to get the rest of God. 
That's where you're going to get the rest of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Bow your head for a moment. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Michael, why don't you come up for a moment? There you go, buddy. Hey, guys. Who wants rest in the midst of chaos, right? What a message that was. And I was sitting back there just uh, reading some scripture here real quick out of the message. Not my normal Bible, but I took it today. Let's see here. Let me quick read you a quick scripture. It's uh, Romans 9, verses 12 through, let's see, 14 and over. So it says, so don't you see, you don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. It says the best thing you can do is to give a decent burial and get on with your new life. (laughs) It says God's spirit beckons us. There are things to do and places to go. How exciting is that, right? And it says the resurrection life you've received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? (laughs) I love that. And it says God's spirit touches our spirit spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children, and we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, both, glory. Both on earth and in Hallelujah. heaven. Hallelujah. Unbelievable inheritance. It says this, we go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we'll certainly go through the good times with him. And I'll share that. 14 years ago for me, I was in a rough situation and uh, came out of drug abuse, alcohol, broken relationships. And I had a sister who reached out to me and she loved me like Jesus over and over and over. And there came a day when my way, that hard life, didn't work anymore. And I called her up and she goes, Mike, I think you're ready. And I was like, ready for what? Just clueless. And she goes, you're ready for that relationship with Jesus. And she goes, I'm going to pray for you. And at that moment, she prayed for me. She got off the phone. I looked up straight up in the heaven, and literally, the Holy Spirit drew me to salvation, accepted Jesus right there, August of 2006, and everything changed. From that day forward, no one had to tell me to quit drinking, no one had to tell me to quit smoking, like, the Spirit of God beckoned me out of that old life and pulled me out of the mess I was in, and gave me a new life, and it was done. I wasn't perfect from that day on, um, but I tell you what, I continued to follow Jesus, and everything changed. He restored my life, gave me a wife, children, and an amazing future. So the time is coming today in America where the harvest is here. I got it one is. more passage and we'll close this out. It says harvest time. It says, I looked up. I caught my breath. A white cloud and one like the Son of Man sitting on it. He wore a gold crown and held a sharp sickle. Another angel came out from the temple shouting to the cloud enthroned, swing your sickle and reap. It's harvest time. Earth's harvest is ripe for reaping. It says, the cloud and throne gave a mighty sweep of his sickle, began harvesting earth in a stroke. Hallelujah. And what that means is if you've never received Christ in your life, today is your day. Today's the day for the new day where you say, I'm in. I want life eternal. I want life with Christ today. So if that's you today and you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, throw your hand up. And today's the day you want to come to him Hallelujah. and receive him. Just throw your hand up and we're going to have people pray for you. Thank you, God. Anyone in here? Thank you, God. You'll feel that urge. You'll feel the Holy Spirit come upon you. Anyone at all? The harvest is ripe. It is. It is. 
If not, we'll pray for you. Thank you. God. We'll just pray for encouragement. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, our God. For each one of us today, thank you for just bringing us here. Encourage us, strengthen us, and let us go out and reap the harvest, God. Empower us to walk in your ways. Empower us to uh, go out into the streets, into the marketplace, into our business time. And I pray that we begin to gather the harvest. Thank I pray you. that you empower us, pour your spirit on us to, you, to begin to walk in your ways in these days and bring out the light, God. So I just pray for your church to arise, Thank and I pray for many to know you in the days to come. So I just pray that you empower us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it, buddy. I just want Michael to come up and share a little bit because I want you to know Lift your hand if God changed your life in some measure. Lift your hand. Okay. So every one of you have a testimony. That's what this life is about. We're supposed to go into all the world and preach or proclaim this good news. So when you hear people talking about how the chaos of America, you're saying, hey, put your trust in Jesus. Everything will be well. It's an open door for you to simply to say those very simple words, and, and some, some people will grab them and take them. Some people won't. Remember, Jesus said, go preach the gospels. He that believeth shall be baptized. He that believeth not shall be... He just simply... There'll be two responses, but don't, don't, but, but don't, don't miss your opportunity to plant seeds of love into people's lives. Amen. If you agree, say amen to that. Amen. Lift your hands up one more time. I want to pray for you and dismiss you. Father, we thank you today, God, right now, that you are our healer. So if you need healing in your life, just begin to praise. Seek the healer, not the healing. Just begin to give him praise that healing, you, you live for the healer. You serve the healer. You love the healer. Hallelujah. And the healer will minister to you. So, Father, we just receive the healing power of your spirit in this church right now. And, God, I pray everyone dealing with infirmity, be healed in Jesus' precious name. And Father, those that have been anxious about all that's going on, God, outside these walls, Father, we choose your peace, which passes all understanding. Hallelujah. And that your peace will guard our hearts. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, Father, and our minds. And Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over your church family. Father, I pray right now for a, a special divine anointing that when they go out like Paul in the book of Acts, it says you gave them boldness, hallelujah, to share the gospel. So I pray that anointing right now. Say, I receive that anointing of boldness. And Father, I pray that that will overflow to those that they're around this week. They'll know by the witness of the Spirit who to share with. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now you can give God a good shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.